0: Money to my wife. How y'all doing? Good. Yeah. After the summer. All right. Two songs, huh? Well, what we have here is a failure to communicate. When they said a short baptismal message, this is a short baptismal message. It's all right, we'll get done early and we'll all fellowship. Or maybe I'll ramble for a while. Who knows? Let's take a look at uh, Colossians, the second chapter. Paul writing to the Colossae church, uh, talking about um, what Christ had did for us on the cross. It says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Now, he's using some fancy terminology here. But basically, we have a debt Our sins create a debt that we just cannot pay, okay? So who's going to pay the debt? Well, Jesus paid the debt for us. He canceled the charge. The guilt that you and I have is canceled, uh, which stood against us and condemned us. I mean, there's no way we could have overcome it. There's no way you can be good enough. Christianity is not about being better than you are bad. We talk about that, all right? A lot of people still think that way, that are Christians. In fact, you talk to a lot of people who don't take their Christian, Christianity too terribly seriously. You ask about eternity, and they say, well, hopefully, you know, I'll get in. Hopefully, I'm a little better. You know, I helped an old lady across the street or something there. They're hoping their good outweighs the bad. Now, it, it's not a balancing scale like this. It's, it's like this. We're doomed, all right? Our sins cannot be washed away by helping little old ladies cross the street or helping your friend talk about their emotional issues or whatever you think is a nice thing to do. Uh, it's something we just cannot handle. So God comes along. Because of the price that Christ paid for us, he cancels the debt. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> thank God he canceled my debt. Because this debt stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, we celebrate this event in Baptism. Now, from the very beginning, baptism was a sign of conversion, okay? Uh, And it's not a not serious sign. The Bible tells us we need to be baptized. If you have not been baptized, you need to be baptized. It's right up there with believing in Jesus. It says, he who believes and is baptized. I mean, it's, it's tied together. It's a big stinking deal. So you need to do it. In obedience to God. And it's a celebration of what Christ does for us on the cross. He takes our past, our sins, our failures, all of our hurts, all of our regrets, all the bitterness, all the anger, all the somebody did me wrong stuff. And he takes it and he nails it to the cross. That's what he says here. He's taken your sins and my sins puts it on the cross, and nails it there. That's where it's supposed to be. So we come and, believing in Christ, and say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to now celebrate and honor what he's done, which is to take my sins and nail them to the cross. Uh, And then uh, we experience this in baptism, where he says, having been buried with him in baptism, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be buried with him as Christ was buried in the grave, so we are buried in baptism, uh, in which you were also raised through him, with him, through faith. So we're raised out of the water, hopefully. (laughs) If you're not, we're gonna have a very short service. Uh, Raise you out of the water, and that's a sign of how Christ was raised from the dead. So we were raised with him, through your faith in the working of God who raises, raised him from the dead. So this, this whole thing has to do with the transformation that happens when we come to Christ. Our sins are washed away. In first Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, Paul writes these words, very famous portion of scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is where? It's gone. Where is it? It's nailed to the cross. So with Christ, that's where our sins are. The new has come. We now are to walk in newness of life. So we take all of the stuff. Who's all getting baptized tonight? Let me see your hands. All right. What you're doing tonight is you're saying, I mark this day. I profess my faith in Christ, and I'm celebrating that my past, my sins, my hurts, all the icky Creddy stuff that I've done and all the rotten, mean, nasty things that have done to me are nailed to the cross. And then we leave it there. We don't go pulling it out over and over again. Now, believe it or not, uh, there's a lot of people who struggle with that. They are always picking up their sins again. (laughs) They go back to the cross and pull them off. (laughs) And they want to relive and feel bad about all the things that they've done. And all the things that people have done to them and all the, you know, hurts and pains and stuff. I mean, there's people who take stuff and live it out like it happened yesterday, even though it's been years. I remember once I was talking to a lady. She just walked in off the street almost. You know, we have all kinds of visitors come here. I meet her for the very first time right out there by the sliding doors and she shakes my hand and. You know, hi, how you doing? Good, you know, da 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 And uh, she says, well, you know, I've, I've, I'm really going through a rough time. And she describes this horrible situation of all the terrible things that her husband had, has been doing to her. And it's rather shocking. And she's getting mad just tell me about it. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, when did this happen? She said, 20 years ago. And I thought, Dee, 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 dee. Okay, we got a crazy lady here. She's living this out as if it happened yesterday. And it had been, by her own admission, 20 years. This is someone who, though her past was nailed to the cross, when nobody was looking, she doubled back, went and got them again, <laughs> and carried them around. Carried all the guilt, all the abuse, all the meanness, all the nastiness. Uh, This is a major problem today, and and I'm not trying to make light of it, but you have no idea how many, and maybe somebody listening to me right now, that's your thing. You struggle with your past. You struggle with your past, and everybody's going to see, you know, psychologists to deal with their past, and if that's what you need to do, God bless you. We'll cheer you on. I won't pay for it, but I'll cheer you on, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what happened Somewhere along the line, uh, the church has lost its power. There's a prophecy where Paul said a day will come when uh, uh, people will have a form of godliness but deny the power. Right? And I truly believe we're in that day. There are millions, countless millions of Christians who believe in Jesus and everything's cool and I like to sing the songs and wave my hands and stuff like that. But when it comes to dealing with their problems, well, Jesus can't fix it. Jesus can't fix it. You know, I got to go get someone else. I got to have someone. And I just, oh, it just breaks my heart. Because I got good news for you. Jesus can't fix it. <laughs> he can fix whatever mess you're in. He can. People say, oh, I can't help it. I'm addicted to my problem. Really, if you, if you are addicted to it, Jesus can still fix it. Nowhere in the Bible, and we have these programs, I'm not denying these programs, we have the, but nowhere in the Bible does it say what you need to do is go to a recovery program or counseling sessions and pay $150 an hour or all the all stuff that we do today. And here's what breaks my heart. We take that so seriously today, we take it more seriously than the Bible. If you were to tell somebody, I'm really struggling and I'm reading the Bible, they kind of pat your head like you're a little kid that believes in Santa. Oh, that's nice. If you're someone who's really struggling, say, I'm going to really pray about it. And, oh, oh, that's nice. And they, they pat you on the head. But You come to someone, man, I'm struggling, but I'm getting counseling. You're like, oh, that's good. Oh, now you're getting serious. Now you're really dealing with your problem. I'm going, what is going on? When did psychologists become more powerful than Jesus? I don't get it. And if you're a psychologist, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear it. God bless your boy. And they're not all crazy. I think most of them are crazy, but they're not all crazy. There's some good ones out there. I will tell you this do you know? Boy, I'm going to get some letters now. Do you know the one profession in America that has the highest suicide rate? Guess what it is? Psychologists. Extremely high divorce rates. Guess what group? Psychologists. Now, in their defense, they say, well, the reason is because they have to listen to people's problems all day long, and it overwhelms them. Really? Horse manure. If that was true, half the pastors I know would be dead. We hear all kinds of stuff all day long, every day, and while people are attacking us at the same time. So I I don't understand the rush to a profession that by its own statistics, these people cannot succeed in their own lives. And now I'm going to get the mails now. Look, if you're successful at it, great, God bless. If you can help people, God bless. And if this is what you need to help you, God bless you. Seriously, if I could dance a jig and it would help you, I'd dance the jig. But I'm not going to deny the power of God. You really want to change yourself? The cross can change your life. There's great power in that cross. The very power that God exhibited when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and we're talking some serious power. We're not talking, you know, ever ready batteries here. We're talking serious power. When he raised Jesus from the dead, all of that is still available to all of us if we will put our hope and our trust in Christ. If we'll really take this seriously. When you say, I'm going to pray and trust things, it's not patting your head. It's a good thing to do. We say, I'm going to read the scriptures until I get breakthrough with a victory in my life. That's not patting on the head like Santa Claus. That's reality. This changes people. I know it changed me, and I know it's changed some of you out there, but the key to all of this is to realize that your background, your sins, your failures, all the stuff that people did to you, mean to you, nasty to you, all of that gets nailed to the cross, and we leave it there. <laughs> I can just see the emails <laughs> If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new, is, the new is here, but no. Today, the old hasn't gone. We, we need inner healing. Do you remember the big inner healing craze? It's not as bad as it used to be. It was like it was real nuts for a while. People would gather in Bible studies and programs and sit around for inner healing. What they do is they... Now, imagine yourself coming through your mother's vaginal canal at birth and I'm thinking oh I'm grossed out now man I ain't thinking about that (laughs) because they want to experience all the pain that you had and that they slapped you and made you cry I mean these people in my opinion they're a little nuts you know what happened to my past over there it's over there it's on the cross I don't want it anymore well what happens if we sin after baptism then what happened you know what then we go back to the future we time travel. We get into our DeLorean, we go back there, and we nail it back to the cross. The Bible says in John, 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purifies from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? He still nails it all to the cross. It still goes back there. It is the, 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 the center moment of eternity of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Before we come to Christ in faith, we toss it all there, we become born again, we get baptized, and when we still mess up, and you're still going to mess up, we still go back there and we put it there. That's why we uh, always do communion, we're getting, and we're always remembering, my body broken for you, my blood shed for you, and we're putting our sins, our failures, all our bitterness, anger, all that stuff should get nailed to the cross. Yeah, all right. So now we're supposed to live differently. Right, it says, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what he says in Romans, the sixth chapter. Uh, but for some people, they don't count themselves as dead to sin. To them, their sins and failures are as live as they can be. They're able to see all the death around them all the time. They have a sixth sense. You guys see, remember the movie Sixth Sense? Did you see that movie? How many have not seen the movie? Yeah, you really? Oh, it's really creepy. All right, I'm going to show you a clip from it in a second. All right, now, it's a movie about a little boy who can see dead people walking around like real people, and it's kind of creepy, to say the least, all right, because he has a sixth sense. The dead people are so real, and uh, take a look at this clip. in coffins walking around like regular people they don't see each other they only see what they want to see they don't know they're dead how often do you see them Okay, that's creepy. So anyway, he sees dead people walking around like living people. It's got a weird, wild twist at the end if you go see the movie, or rent it or whatever. So what I experience is the opposite. I see Christians who are live people walking around like dead people. I see live people walking around like dead people and they're so defeated, and I can't do it, Pastor. My past is so bad. I've been so rotten. I've had all these mistakes. And I want to shake them and say, you're not dead, stop walking that way. You're alive. We're supposed to be alive in Christ. That's what all of this is about. We are passed from death into life when we come to Christ, and that's what we celebrate When we are baptized, Paul says this, he says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, don't walk around like a dead person, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God, you're alive now. Ephesians says, and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now look at the tenses here. He doesn't say God will raise us up, he said Christ raised us up. Past tense. Well, how did that happen? When we're buried with him in baptism. So I don't feel raised up, no matter what you feel. (laughs) The reality is, this is what happens our transition goes from life, from death, I'm sorry, into life. We walk in newness of life. We need to change the way we think. We leave everything at the cross, nailed to the cross. When we mess up more, we go back to the cross and nail up our other sins. On the cross. We don't let those things control us. We don't let those things dominate us. We are free. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God almighty. I'm free at last. I know the problem is, is people get confused because of their feelings. See, unlike being actually dead, because if you're actually dead, you don't feel anything anymore. You know, they can stick you with a fork. You don't mind at this point. All right? You're pretty much dead. You don't feel nothing anymore. So we are dead, in a sense, to our old life, but we're still actually still alive, all right, until we finally do uh, die and get out of here. So our feelings still keep coming back. Our feelings of doubt, our feelings of fear, our feelings of temptations, our feelings of whatever it is, and people don't understand. They think that our feelings define us. They don't define us. God's word defines us. He said, pastor, I feel terrible. Okay, so what? What? It doesn't matter what you feel. Pastor, I feel like a failure. Get in line. Doesn't matter what we feel. And I talk to the guys that have addictions like to porn and stuff like that. Oh, Pastor, I I always pray, God, help me get rid of these feelings. God's never going to get rid of those feelings until you die. When you die, then all your feelings will go away. That's the good news about dying. The bad news is it sucks to die. But once you die, all these feelings are gone. In the meanwhile, it doesn't matter what you feel. You might feel like you need a drink. It doesn't matter how you feel. You might feel like you want to do something inappropriate. It doesn't matter. We all feel weird, bad things, inappropriate things at various times, some worse than others. Your pastor, worse than many. But it doesn't matter. I don't live by my feelings. That's not what defines me. See, we live in a world, mostly by psychologists, (laughs) who teach people. You have to do what you feel. If you feel you're a woman, even though you're a man, you're actually a woman. (laughs) Or whatever. If you feel you're this, then you're that. You can't help how you feel. If you feel like you got to scream at people, you got to scream at people. It's bad to hold it in, right? That's what they tell you. Even though the Bible says only a fool gives full vent to their emotions. Who are you going to listen to? We are in such a culture that has convinced you if you feel it, you have to do it. And I'm telling you, the good news is you don't have to do it. That's the great thing about being a Christian. We've been set free. The power of sin is broken in us. Whereas before, you didn't really have much of a choice. Now you do. You say, I still feel it. Yeah, you'll still feel it. Good news. You don't have to do it because we're free. Because our focus now is not on earthly things, but on heavenly things. We've been raised from the dead into new life. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. My focus is now in the new, and that's what I walk in. Even though your flesh at times will scream at you, and I want to do this, and I want to give up, and I want to quit, and I want to cheat, Life steal, it doesn't matter. It's the people who listen to their feelings, even professing Christians, that live defeated, destroyed lives. Your feelings are not your friend, all right? And who cares how you feel? Sometimes they feel like a nut, sometimes they don't. Who cares? Sometimes I feel like going to church, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't feel like going to church at all, and that's bad because I'm the pastor. Doesn't <laughs> no matter how I feel. Is it right? I'm shocked at how many people, that's their gold standard. What am I gonna do? I don't know, how do I feel? As long as you live there, you will forever be tied to your sins and your failures because your feelings will always connect you back there. You need to make the break. Doesn't matter what I feel, I'm walking in newness of life. The grace of God, the scripture says, has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no. You can say no, and we can live self controlled lives. In this present age, it says, not after we die in the sky. We can live victorious Christian lives right here, right now. It started when you first put your faith in Christ, and it is exemplified when you were baptized in Christ. Many of you are getting baptized tonight, this is your statement, this is your stand. My past is gone. I am now walking in newness of life, and I can walk free. There'll still be challenges, there'll be trials. There'll be temptations. There'll be all the crazy feelings that you've always struggled with. They'll keep popping up. But when you start to really learn, you know, I don't have to do it. My feelings do not define me. You know what defines me? God defines me. The word of God defines me. I may feel like a failure, but the scripture says, I am loved by God. And that is my mini baptismal message.